Okay, people, fantasy draft season is over, and you, Brewski, 150 your way to a hell of a team. The season is here, and the Fantasy Pass is still the best deal in the industry at just $4.99 a month. And now that we're into the regular season, there's zero commitment. Sign up for one month for just five bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel it. We know you'll love it. You'll say you'll keep it. But anyways, it's nice to have options in life. The Fantasy Pass has everything you need to dominate all year long. Updating projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, schedule and streaming charts, pickups, drops, and our newest and coolest feature, the Hoop Ball Discord server, where you can hang out with all our hoop ball pros, including myself, around the clock to get one-on-one help with your team. So please do check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com and click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall and get the plug for your success for the fantasy basketball season. The following is a hoop ball presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds one. Trey Slaughter. Regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, right after a huge Hawks win. Hawks win. Oh my goodness gracious, what a comeback tonight. So, this is what it feels like after giving up several double digit second half leads this year and losing, well, Missy. Tables have finally turned, and the Hawks get a must win versus Detroit here at home in overtime. Undermanned, but they got some huge performance from key players. And this is a game that builds confidence for a team going forward. We will get into all of that after this plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code Hoopball to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%, just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. 
There is so much that you can do on my bookie. And the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter. And you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, we are back. Keys for the game going into tonight. It was a must win, must win. I said that on a previous episode, and I spoke to the tough schedule going forward after Friday's game versus Minnesota on the road, who we saw last game. And if we are not on Minnesota can definitely make things interesting because they play hard because they're a young team. They're hungry. But as far as tonight, we had to win. The last game against Detroit without D-Rose and Blake Griffin, who played tonight, they made it hard on us. And we won 128-120, but it was a tough, hard-fought game. We needed to do that tonight, especially with a lot of players out. And I will get into the injury report a little bit later. The Hawks needed to cut down turnovers. Last game, 26 turnovers against the T-Wolves. Unacceptable. I wanted to see them grow game to game, as I always like to see them do, and really cut that number down because they're going to need that tonight in order to win. I wanted to see them limit points in the paint for Detroit. They have a bigger front court, but we have a really good front court as well. We need to win that battle. Key players out tonight, so we need our key players who are playing in tonight's game to stay out of foul trouble. As I said, with the Hawks standing key positions, we cannot afford foul trouble from any of the players that played in tonight's game as it puts other players who are not in rhythm on the floor and really could have put us in a bad spot tonight. I need to see them crash the glass defensively and limit Detroit's offensive rebounds and second-chance opportunities. I needed Tony Snell and Solomon Hill to step up since DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish were both out for tonight's game. And we needed a big game from Trey Young, Capella, Kevin Herter, and John Collins. Spoiler alert, we got that from all four of them. Injury report going in tonight, available. Trey Young, out for tonight's game, as I said. DeAndre Hunter, Kim Reddish, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Chris Dunn, and Danilo Gallinari. The starting lineup for the game tonight, Trey Young at the 1, Kevin Herter at the 2, Solomon Hill at the 3 to replace DeAndre Hunter, John Collins at the 4, and Clint Capella at the 5. Game flow. With our sixth different starting lineup of the season, oh, the injury bug. Hawks offense will come out scoring in the first quarter behind our starting front court in Capella and Collins, who both had huge nights. Collins had 14 early first quarter points, matching Jeremy Grant's offensive output as he was hot for the Detroit Pistons. What was not hot in the first quarter was both teams' defense. They were trading baskets left and right, like on Wall Street. And the Pistons will go up by two to end the first quarter. After a buttload of turnovers the game prior, the Hawks will have no turnovers and eight assists to start the game. 
The Hawks regressed in the second quarter, shooting 6-25 from the floor and had a season-low 16 points in the second quarter and five turnovers to go along with that. The bench provided no spark and not even a single point. You can't get us one point? One? Ugh. Trey Young, not as aggressive shooting to begin the game, and that trend of poor shooting that he's had in the six games prior has a lot of Hawks fans worried about him, and it didn't help in the first half that he went one of five from the free throw line, which Trey Young is normally a 87% free throw shooter, so missing four free throws was very uncharacteristic of him, and he only took two shots. It was a back-and-forth second quarter. Pistons went on a little run late in the second quarter to get to their biggest lead of the first half at eight and would wound up with a seven-point lead at halftime. And it wasn't John Collins or Clint Capella's fault for the deficits. They were doing their things. Clint Capella had another first-half double-double, his second of the year, and he's just been dominant in the post this season. And Collins was dominating in the post tonight as well. Hawks shot 35% from the floor at the half compared to 47% for the Pistons. The Pistons would start the third quarter hot and go up by 14 behind hot shooting from Wayne Ellington. Hawks would wake up after the surge and Trey Young started to get in rhythm and become Trey Young, as Lloyd Pierce said post game, in a big way. Hitting shots, going 8-for-8 from the free throw line. A huge reversal from the four missed free throws in the first half. He was more aggressive, getting to the free throw line, getting into the paint, setting up people, finishing it in the paint. And he exploded for 21 third quarter points. The sixth time in his young career, he's had a 20-point-plus quarter. In the words of canceled Terry Crews, but in those funny Old Spice commercials, explosion! That was Trey Young tonight. Hawks team continued to crash the glass well all night long, and Collins was doing this, especially in the third quarter. He was dominant again to help cut the deficit as he had 20 points already by mid-third quarter. However, the Detroit Pistons bench, one of the highest scoring benches in the league, thanks to having Derrick Rose on there, was a reason for Detroit going on an 11-0 run in the third quarter and pushed the lead out to 14 points. The Pistons had a 40-point third quarter to counteract the great offensive output from John Collins and Ice Trey, the gang. Fourth quarter, down 18 at one point. The Hawks had some shots start to fall, and Detroit would give them opportunities with their own missed shots and turnovers. Hawks worked possession by possession to inch closer and closer. The turning point, in my opinion, I tweeted about this, was Lloyd Pierce's first successful challenge of the season with the Hawks down 13. Detroit was looking to extend the lead. Hawks missed a shot. Pistons had a possession. They found Plumlee cutting through the lane and was trying to finish at the rim. Capella blocked the shot. It was originally called a foul, but after further review, it was reversed. I said that this was a turning point because instead of Detroit being up by 15, potentially, if Plumlee would have made those two free throws, it led to a jump ball 
which gave the Hawks possession. And after that, a big Kevin Herter three, who was really good all night, cut the deficit to 10 points, leading to a Detroit timeout. And since Plumlee got called for that foul, that would be his fifth foul of the game. And Detroit was in the bonus. Hawks started slowing down the game by getting to the free throw line, which was crucial because it allowed the Hawks, as I said, to slow the game, get some attempts, get some looks at the free throw line, and then get back and not be in transition, set up their defense, and that was helping them to get stops down the stretch, and they forced a lot of tough shots for the Pistons, and this led to a 24-7 run to close out the game for the Hawks. Momentum. On the side of Atlanta, Detroit's defense withering possession by possession down the stretch. Hawks were executing on the offensive end, taking advantage of that withering defense. And if it wasn't for Blake Griffin executing a outrageous three-point play with over a minute left to push the Pistons' lead to five, the Hawks would have won this game in regulation. That's right. I said regulation. Trey Young missing free throws down the stretch and he would end up missing six free throws in the game to this point. And as I was watching, I was wondering, was this going to be the difference maker in the game, leading to another Atlanta Hawks loss? I prayed and hoped that this was not going to be the headline that appeared in the AJC tomorrow morning to spoil the spectacular scoring performance that Trey Young had in the second half. The Hawks continued to force bad shots down the stretch for Detroit. And after Plumlee fouled Collins, that's right, Collins, in the corner shooting a three, this caused Mason Plumlee to foul out and gave John Collins three big free throws to cut the lead to two. He made all three and another good defensive possession for the Hawks. And after Ice Trey penetrating in the lane, and as I said in past programs, when Ice Trey is able to penetrate the lane, good things happen, whether he's setting up things for himself or others. And this time, he was setting up something for someone else. He did that by finding an open, cutting Clint Capella to the basket, which led to the game-tying dunk with five seconds left in the fourth quarter to complete a huge comeback. And free basketball, free smoke after Jeremy Grant tried to drive to the cup for the game winner and JC blocked the shot, sending it to overtime. It's do or die, gotta go put in overtime. The Ace Hood, T-Pain, Akon song was in full effect, great Pre-game workout song, by the way. Grant came out hot in overtime for Detroit to push the lead to five, but the resilience, effort, heart, grit of the Atlanta Hawks, especially from their starting front court, and Ice Trader Gang would shine. I don't want to leave out Kevin Herter. He's in there too. Actually, everybody. Everybody showed this. I don't want to exclude everybody. It was a team win tonight. The front court for the Hawks would dominate the glass and the paint to score basket after basket in overtime. And Capella had a huge three-point play to give the Hawks their first lead since the first quarter. And then the dagger, Ice Trey, one-on-one with 
D Rose with the crossover. May I have this dance? Pull up three to ice the game. Push the lead to six. And that capped off a 32-point performance since halftime for Trey Young after having only six at halftime. Hawks will close out overtime with a 10-2 run to win the game, 123-115. The largest lead of the game for the Hawks was the final score, and this was a must-win for the Hawks, as I said, to move to 500, 7-7 overall. They're now sixth in the East, and they lead the Southeast Division by a half a game over the Miami Heat. Team stats, Hawks shot 44% from the floor and 37.5% from three-point range. On the flip side, Detroit shot 45% from the floor and shot 32% from three-point range. Hawks shot below their season average, 68% from the free throw line. A lot of missed free throws from Trey Young and others, which I thought was going to be the key stat if the Hawks ended up losing this game, but they overcame this stat. Hallelujah. And after overcoming just four bench points tonight for the Hawks compared to 33 bench points for Detroit. The Hawks would end up out-rebounding Detroit 63-42, to including 23-7 to on the offensive glass. A lot of second-chance opportunities, and it just speaks to their energy, effort, and focus on the glass all night, especially from Capella and John Collins. We'll get into their stats a little bit later. 14 turnovers tonight. Huge improvement from the 26 turnovers on Monday. I'll take it. I'm not going to be nitpicky on that. And they won the points in the paint by a narrow margin, 68 to 64. But I did like how I said before, the Hawks could not afford to get in foul trouble tonight. Detroit only got to the free throw line 19 times compared to 38 times for your Atlanta Hawks. And no one on the Hawks had more than three fouls. So excellent job defending tonight without fouling. That, along with the rebounding number, were the keys to victory, in my opinion, for the Hawks tonight. We're going to talk about individual stats and more after this quick plug for Bruce Letter. Okay, quickly, we need to pause the show for an announcement. And it's a fun one. It's free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. What's the stuff? The Bruise Letter is back. Oh, yes. Back and fresh for the 2020-2021 NBA season. Our founder, Aaron Bruski, the GOAT, is writing an email newsletter filled with its most intimate fantasy nuggets. It's exclusive content you cannot find anywhere else. It's not on the website. It's not on any podcast. It's not on social media. It's only in an email newsletter. And you can sign up to get it for free. I said it for free. Just go to bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021 and sign up in 10 seconds. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, diez. Ten seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021. And you get it straight from the GOAT and Brewski into your inbox. 
and enjoy the nuggets to help you succeed in your fantasy basketball league. All right, back in the booth for the Detroit Pistons tonight. Their leading scorer was Jeremy Grant, who was hot in the first quarter and hot throughout the game, especially in overtime, trying to get the win for the bad guys. He ended up scoring 32 points on 12 of 22 shooting, shot 2 of 5 from the three-point line, 6 of 7 from the free throw line, dished out 5 assists and grabbed 6 rebounds. Blake Griffin, who was big in the fourth quarter for Detroit, scored 17 points on a 5 of 10 shooting from the floor, 2 of 4 from the three-point line, and he hit all five of his free throws. He added seven rebounds, four assists, and a steal. Wayne Ellington, who got them off to a hot start in the third quarter, scored 16 points on five of 11 shooting and knocked down four of nine three-pointers tonight and two of three free throws. D-Rose, D-Rose, D-Rose scored 14 points off the bench and Mikhail Luke, the former Kansas Jayhawk, scored six points off the bench. And Mason Pumley, who I mentioned fouled out in the game, ended up with 10 points and nine rebounds. For the Hawks, Trey Young with a season high 38 points on 11 of 26 shooting from the floor. Even though he wasn't super efficient, 26 shots, I like seeing that, especially when you look at some of the other numbers. And out of necessity, he had to put up these shots because of the lack of depth that the Hawks had tonight due to injury. Trey Young shot three of five from the three-point line, his best three-point shooting performance in a few games. He shot 13 of 19 from the free throw line. As I said, a lot of missed free throws, which I was worried about during the game, but we got the dub. We looking past that. He added 10 assists, another Double-double for Trey Young. He grabbed four rebounds, recorded two steals and a block. And the biggest thing in Trey Young's stat line, and I tweet about this, in a game where Trey Young misses six free throws, you would think the Hawks lose that game. And they were on track to lose this game tonight. But two turnovers, only two turnovers from Trey Young tonight. That is a thing that I was extremely Happy to see tonight he was executing down the stretch as well, whether finding teammates to make the right play, getting himself to the free throw line, or hitting big shots. His confidence was certainly there as the game went on. Renee Montgomery for Fox Sports Southeast. Shout out, Renee. If you ever listen to this program, love your work that you do. You, you do a great job for the network. She called it, and everyone who was worried about Trey Young's shooting, she said he's a volume shooter, and he's a guy that the more shots he takes, the better he gets throughout the game. All you 2K players who have that badge for volume shooting, you know deeper and deeper to the game, your player, your my player, is going to shoot better because he's a volume shooter and he's in rhythm. Trey Young is the same way. And luckily for him, we have a guy that when his shot is not going down, He's doing other things like getting everybody else initiated to the offense. And he's certainly learning from his past hard lessons from poor execution, turnovers, late in game, and especially in the last few weeks. And I think that short memory and really focusing and keying in on that down the stretch helped him and his team pull out a win. 
John Collins with a monster night tonight as well. 31 points on 13 of 24 shooting, 24 shots. The most shots that he's gotten in games. Happy to see this. I said the threshold again. I'm going to keep saying this. 12 to 13 shots minimum. 24 shots exceeds my expectations. We needed it tonight, certainly, but I'm glad. Again, 31 points. He shot one of three from the three-point line. He went four or five from the free throw line, including three crucial free throws made after forcing Plumlee to foul him at the three-point line. John Collins would grab 11 rebounds, including four on the offensive glass. He added a steal and a block. I'm going to say this now. I was really critical of him earlier in the season, especially from what we saw in the past couple of seasons of John Collins on the defensive end. And everyone said he is improving. So now that I've sat back and watched, I haven't talked about it. His improvement on a defensive end, especially with Capella next to him, is something that has me really, really excited for him and his team. And he continues to grow on that end of the floor. I mean, offensively, you know, if he gets his touches, he's going to do his thing. He's always going to grab rebounds. But his defense, he's not fouling as much on the defensive end. I'm going to knock on wood right there just in case it flips against Minnesota. I just want to throw that out there. But this is something that John Collins spoke to post game of something that he wants to work on Every single game that he comes out, he wants to be an all-NBA defender at some point in this league. He wants to be able to guard multiple positions. And his buy-in and improvement on the defensive end is something that has me really, really excited going forward for JC, John the Baptist, wherever you call him. But way to go, big fella. I'm glad to see this outburst on the offensive end and what you're doing on the defensive end as well. Clint Capella, historic game tonight. 27 points on 10 of 18 shooting from the floor and went 7 of 12 from the free throw line. He grabbed 26 rebounds. Again, 26 to 6. 26 for all my Spanish speakers. And 12 on the offensive end. 12 offensive rebounds tonight he was a monster he added five blocks and two assists and i said historic here's why clint capella is the 22nd player in the nba to have a 25 plus point game 25 plus rebound game and have 12 plus offensive rebounds he's only the 22nd player to do that in nba history he's the fifth player to have the stat line of 27 points, 26 rebounds, and 12 offensive rebounds in NBA history. Only other players to do that were Kevin Love, Charles Oakley, Moses Malone, and Swin Nader. And according to Hawks PR, Clint Capella is the first player since Shaq on March 21st, 2004, when he was on the Lakers to record at least 25 points, 25 rebounds, and five blocks in a game. And he's the ninth player to do that in NBA history. He's just on a hot streak right now. He's playing 
out of his mind. And I don't think anybody, including myself, thought that when Clint Capella finally got healthy, that these were the games that we were going to get from him. I predicted 14 and 12, but for him to almost basically double those numbers, double my expectations in a game, and he's doing this consistently, getting 15-plus rebounds. He's easily averaging the most rebounds in the league right now, in my opinion. I, it's between him and Drummond in the NBA. but And I'll have to go back and double-check that stat. But to get this night-in, night-out for Capella is a treat for the Hawks, especially with players out, players not performing to their capability in past games. I love what I'm seeing for Capella. He's a driving force for our defense, for rebounding, for energy, hustle, effort. They follow his lead, and I really love what I'm seeing from Clint Capella. Kevin Herter had to step up big tonight, and he did, scoring 17 points on 6-12 shooting from the floor, 3-4 from the three-point line, including that big three-pointer that I mentioned after the successful challenge from Lloyd Pierce. Kevin Herter also hit both of his free throw attempts, added five rebounds, four assists, two steals. For Herter, stepping up when people are down, he's been doing that the last few games. Something that's been improving, that improved from last year in my opinion. His hands on the defensive end. I mentioned two steals tonight. He had four the other day. He continues to get steals and put in effort on a defensive end. He's becoming a better defender, especially this year. His mid-range game, picking his spots and executing in the mid-range is something that Neek has commented on in the broadcast, and I'm starting to see it now, that he has spots in the mid-range game where he's almost automatic. We have to give him opportunities to get in his spots and his shots. If we can get him in rhythm, game in and game out in his spots, it will open up his three-point shot and everything else in his game. He's going to give you effort game in and game out, but we need to get him going and keep him going by getting him in his spots, whether he's starting now, coming off the bench. He's our unsung hero for this team this year. And so is our next player who... He's been an unsung hero this year as well, and he certainly was tonight. Solomon Hill, who got the start in place of DeAndre Hunter, scored six points on two of eight shooting from the floor. He went to a seven from three-point land, but John Collins mentioned this. His defense tonight, putting Solomon Hill on the best player on the other team all night long, knowing that he wasn't going to get that many touches, he may not have a great offensive performance like Collins, Capella, Harder, Young, but his defense that he played tonight allowed everyone else to flourish because he did his job. He helped the team, being a team player, selfless player, doing his job. He allowed everyone else to eat and shine, and he was a key in them getting a win tonight. Outside of his six points, he added five rebounds and three assists. So, well done, Solo. That's the veteran presence that we direly needed. Quality veterans who've played in meaningful games that we can plug in in certain situations and get production out of them. Off the bench, Oyeka Okongwu 
score two points. As I said, we only had four bench points tonight. Okongu scored two of them, but he also grabbed six rebounds and had three blocks in 14 minutes. Small sample size. He needs to grow on the offensive end, but I like what I'm seeing from Okongu. The more he plays, the more he adds to his frame. He already has the footwork, really good footwork. He's only going to get better upon getting experience and going through an NBA schedule, getting healthier, getting shape, learning, growing, especially behind a Capella, behind a John Collins with Solo, who has been really talking a lot to the rookie. I'm excited for his future, even though we're only looking through a keyhole right now as to what he could provide for the Hawks in the future. And then Rajon Rondo added two points, two rebounds, and two assists off the bench. My takeaways from tonight. This was the second game in a row, in my opinion, where the Hawks closed out down the stretch. Against Minnesota, it was all about maintaining the lead and finishing. Tonight, it was about coming back from 18 points down to give this team a chance to put it in overtime. They were extremely undermanned, and they got everything, and I mean everything, out of their starters. Talking about wringing the towel dry. They got every drop out of them because they had to play big minutes because of the injuries, and they needed to get the win tonight, and possession by possession, they chipped away. This is the energy, the grit, hustle, heart, effort, and focus. We need to do game to game, close out games, play on the defensive end, and try to win every single night. We're going to need this, especially once competition stiffens up here in the next few days. This is a confidence-building win. And this could be the game that we all look back to or the team looks back to down the road and say, that night in Atlanta where we were down 18, came back and won an overtime to the Pistons, that was a difference maker in this stretch of games where they're doing good or in this season where they get to the finish line, they get to the promised land of the postseason. Whatever it becomes, this is a game that they can point back to as the start of something special that could lead to greatness down the road. And as I said, as I pointed to the challenge by LP in the fourth quarter, that led to the 24-7 to run to close out the fourth quarter. We can point to this game as well. A lot of things in this game that give me confidence, especially when we get more players available that could help us down the road in key moments in big games and trying to get where we're trying to go. It took everybody on the team to help get to their destination of a dub tonight, but certainly JC and Trey Young dominating those two things really helped. And then what you got from Clint Capella was icing on the cake. Another thing I liked from tonight was that they learned from their mistakes in previous games. The turnovers being cut down tonight. Offensive rebounds. They didn't have as many the game before. They really took that to heart tonight. Defensively, down the stretch. Executing. Offensively. They improved in almost everything they needed to outside of Miss free throws tonight. And those things will happen. But because they took care of those other things, the missed free throws wasn't 
a thing that would have been the headline on the morning paper tomorrow when you look in the AJC. You just see Hawks win in overtime. Big win for the Hawks instead of missed free throws caused Hawks to lose winnable game against Pistons at home. So those other things outside of the energy, grit, hustle, heart, effort, focus, you put all those things together, those are the pillars that make a winning team, a winning culture, the little things that become routine, become automatic, constant in a team trying to get to the postseason. As I said before, defense to close out the game tonight was superb because they were able to get back and set up the defense they weren't turning the ball over. They were making shots, getting to the free throw line, slowing down the game. It allowed them to get their defense back, get set up. And they were really led by Capella and Collins, who are really in sync and rhythm right now. They have a really good chemistry. And we talked about the stat in the previous episode about their defensive rating being 95.7 when they're both on the court, and that was last game. I'm curious to see what it was tonight because they were great on the defensive end the entire night. Their energy, effort, hustle. Again, they really set the tone for the rest of the team on a defensive end. And defense has been a lot better the last two games for the entire team for the Hawks. And they're starting to see buy-in and the payout from the buy-in for their defensive effort. And when they interviewed Collins post-game, that was the thing he was most excited about. Outside of getting the keys to Capello's Lambo truck, which I would have been excited about too. I've never been in a Lambo truck. Neek mentioned it in the broadcast, but Capella and Collins are learning to play with each other and they're getting better and better at it. That should make Hawks fans excited. We didn't know how this was going to work out. We didn't know how... Collins and Gallo were going to work out. And it looked like they were working out before he got hurt as well. I love the front court players that we have. And real quick, shout out at Michael Green ATL on Twitter. He tasked me with trying to give a nickname for Collins and Capella, who have now, as I said, found their chemistry in spacing while they're on the court. I threw out Sherman Williams because they're all about the paint. Or Lambo truck after tonight post game where you know, like I said Clint gave JC the keys to the Lambo truck to drive Lambo truck you know fast car runner but also bigger like our two front court players but Michael Green said it and I ten thousand percent agree with him that the moment that we have a nickname for these two that sticks we'll all know it we'll hear it and be like. That's it. And I might not have it right now. Maybe Sherman Williams or Lambo truck will be cool. They're creative. And maybe one of those sticks. I don't know. You tell me. But if they can continue to play this great defense on the floor and get production on the offensive end, the right nickname will come and wins will continue to come for the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks need to continue to get healthy. They won't survive on few bodies every night. But I'm glad to know that we can do it if need be. But would love to have Reddish, Hunter, Gallo. 
bogey whenever he does come back. Done when he's finally available to make his season debut. I would love to get them all back soon. Fernando, he's not getting minutes right now, but Okongwu and Knight are getting minutes right now. It's good to see those rookies getting some experience against some front courts that aren't the best in the league. Well, Okongwu got experience against the Jazz, against Rudy Gobert, which is a tall task, but it's good to see that they're getting on the court. I expect them to get some more clock next game versus Minnesota to continue to give them confidence going forward and opportunities to grow and learn in in-game play. We're fortunate to have them with Fernando underperforming and not even touching the floor at this point and Gallinari being out. And speaking of Minnesota, next game, we play Minnesota on Friday night in the Twin Cities. Keys for that game, cut down turnovers, continue to work on that stat. They cut it down tonight. And obviously the game they had the 26 turnovers was against this Minnesota team without Carl Anthony Towns and Rubio, which is disappointing. So really focus on keeping that number low, continue to execute offensively, dominate the Timberwolves in the front court on the glass and offensively ride this momentum of this great play from Capella and ride this wave, John Collins, because we're going to, we need to continue to feed you on the offensive end to get you your looks. Cause when you get your looks and Trey Young is on and we see what Capella is doing and you get one other player at least giving you something, the Hawks will win the game, especially against an inferior opponent. And we're going to need more production out of our bench because obviously our starters carried the load tonight and maybe a little bit winded on Friday. We'll see who comes back from injury on Friday. So we're going to keep a close eye on the injury report, but we're going to need everyone to win that game as well. And then short travel from Minnesota to Milwaukee that they'll play on Sunday, maybe give them a little more time to rest but continue to get healthy and get ready for a tough battle on Sunday against the Milwaukee Bucks on NBA TV. For the Hawks, continue to improve game to game and grow. With that, I will get back to you guys this weekend. Enjoy this dub today. And another must win, as I said, versus Minnesota. Let's see them take care of business before going against Giannis, Drew Holiday, Middleton and the boys up in Cream City. <laughs> Cream City. Wow. Those jerseys are tough, but that nickname ain't. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. Tell everybody. Everybody like the little baby song about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. That's no cap, no smoke. Share it with fellow Hawks fans basketball enthusiasts across the globe follow us at hoopballhawks on twitter that is at hoopballhawks follow myself brad jarrett 67 that is brad j-a-r-r-e-t-t 67 and as always yeah i'm about to listen to overtime